you just really have to be excited about the work because you know the the need is great the demand is never ending um so if you can love what you do while you're doing it it's just such a different experience Welcome back to The Hire Podcast, episode three. I'm Tyler Wentworth, president and co-founder at The Hire. I wanna start today's episode by saying thank you. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to those of you who have provided feedback to me. I really appreciate it. I love having these conversations. I love hearing our guest stories. I hope you're able to gain some insights. I know I walk away from each episode with more knowledge than I had going in. And that's the point of these. As a Rylander born and bred, Megan Grady has shaped her career around giving back. After obtaining her master's degree in public service and a short stint in local politics, Meg spent eight plus years as the COO at YWC Rhode Islander, a nonprofit that focuses on eliminating racism and empowering women. As COO, Meg was vital in the growth of the organization and recognized that after nearly a decade, that she also wanted to grow. So during her time at YWCRI, Meg applied and was awarded a national fellowship for nonprofit leaders throughout the Allstate Foundation, a year-long experience that connected her with the decorated nonprofit leaders across the country, sharpening her focus surrounding specific nonprofit challenges and opportunities and preparing her for her next career. Today, Meg is the executive director at Meals on Wheels Rhode Island, where she's been at the helm since 2019. I was lucky enough to sit down and chat with Meg last week to unpack what it means to be successful as a leader in the nonprofit sector and what it takes to empower an organization and its community. Let's dive into our conversation now. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Tyler. Thanks for this opportunity to come on today's podcast, um, you know, and talk a little bit about myself, my career path, and all things Meals on Wheels of Rhode Island. Yeah, we're excited to have you. All right, Meg, what are some of the hurdles and obstacles that you encounter? I mean, whether it's state stuff or federal stuff, or, you know, I'm sure there's red tape that <laughs> you wish you could just knock down. I mean, what are some of the struggles that you deal with on a day-to-day basis or big picture basis? You know, most of the time in nonprofit leadership, you hear a lot of executive directors talk about money and mission, right? Like without the money, you can't do the mission. And there's always like endless mission-related needs. For me, as executive director at Meals on Wheels, a lot of my experience in the role has focused on COVID-19 and our COVID-19 response, um, how to lead in uncertain times, um, you know, how to be able to pivot and how to be flexible in that work, and also how to keep a team motivated, even in like what feels like dangerous circumstances. So I'm happy to talk a little bit more about what our COVID-19 response looked like. Um, But, you know, for me, it feels very career defining that Meals on Wheels with a new executive director was able to operate without disruption, that we were able to surge and 
it's crazy to think back 18 months ago and think that when we were first starting our response there, you know, there, there was no testing, the vaccine. I mean, that was like so far out. Um, you know, the fact that we, there was conversations about how you didn't need to wear a mask, right? And we should save the mask for the healthcare providers. And, you know, then we went to a hundred percent masking. Um, so it's just, you know, it's been, it's been really interesting. And I'm just so proud that, you know, from the big picture perspective, we kept our seniors safe. We kept our, our seniors fed and we operated without disruption. Um, our team, our volunteers, our board of directors, the list goes on and on. They were all incredible to help us achieve um, really this huge success in our organization's history. Nobody ever does it by themselves, right? It, it is a it is a team effort. Um, you know, broadly speaking, you know, what is it what does it mean to be a, a leader um, when it comes to successfully operating a nonprofit organization? Give somebody on the outside looking in what what that looks like. <laughs> so anecdotally, right? People have said like, you know, Rhode Island runs on Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, nonprofit leaders, like they definitely run on this like never ending passion and commitment to the work. Um, you know, there as a nonprofit leader, you've got 25 items on your to-do list, like almost every hour. And you probably have the resources, the staff support, the ability to accomplish 10 of them. Um, so it's really, you know, important to be flexible um, and really to be like, willing to never give up. Um, you know, there are conversations that we're having right now um, strategically, whether it's with some of our stakeholders or through our board of directors, where we're actually talking about like, you know, fiscal year 2024, um, you know, talking as far out as 2025. So, you know, I know you know, based on my experience, like, you know, some of these things don't happen quickly. They're, they take a long time. And, you know, it's really just that like passion and commitment to the mission that kind of keep you going. Um, and I think that for me, it's my enthusiasm and my passion that really helps people come along, um, you know, for this experience and really enjoy it themselves. How do you interact with volunteers? How do you keep them engaged and coming back for more? Tyler, that's such a great question because volunteer engagement is actually something that we've been thinking through over the last six months. We have been trying to modernize our volunteer program, really thinking about the quality of the volunteer experience. I mean, look, I'm going to tell you, Meals on Wheels is the best volunteer opportunity out there. Our clients are incredible. Our service, you know, we're more than a meal. We're also a life-saving safety check and an opportunity for socialization. And our volunteers will often tell us, we know the clients get a lot out of this home-delivered meal program, but we get so much out of it. Just the opportunity to sit and visit, to know that we're brightening someone's day, helping them meet their nutritional needs. So over the last six months, yeah, we've been thinking like, so how is our volunteer program, right? Like we know it's fantastic and we know that our volunteers tell us that, but let's dig a little bit deeper. Um, are we modern enough? Are we, you know, using digital resources? Are we leveraging technology? What's the feedback look like when we get feedback? How do our volunteers know that we're responding to it? Do we have volunteers that actually represent the demographics, um, the cultural and ethnic backgrounds of the clients we serve? 
Are our materials available in multiple languages? How do we thank our volunteers? How do we celebrate our volunteers? And so we've been doing kind of an ongoing SWOT analysis, um, looking at our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities, and also what our threats are as an organization. Um, a great example of that is that people are working longer. And so, you know, that maybe changes how they see themselves spending their retirement. Many people said, you know, I worked and I retired. And the first thing I did was call Meals on Wheels. I think the profile of that person is retiree. It's maybe, you know, 62, 63 years old. If you're working till 68, till 70, um, you know, you may say, hey, the beach is the first place I'm going when I volunteer. So how do we respond to that? Um, you know, how do we bring in different corporate partnerships? How do we leverage relationships with different volunteer organizations? The list kind of goes on and on. Um, but we absolutely love our volunteers and we know they love us too. And as we kind of redefine with the next 50 years of Meals on Wheels looks like, we're going to need our volunteers to be able to help us do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like you're, you're if they're retiring, that you're losing, you know, years of, of people who typically volunteer. So how do you, how do you make that up? How do you get, which it sounds like you're doing already. You're thinking about yeah. that ahead of time and trying to plan for, you know, people either coming into your organization later. But so I know you talked about this earlier, you know, 57% of, of Meals on Wheels funding comes from the state and government, right? And the other half is a blend. Can you tell us a little bit more about the other side of that business? You know, how key is fundraising in supporting what you guys do? We literally can't do it without the generous support of our corporations, our foundations, our annual fund, our donors, um, people that think of us in their last will and testament with a planned gift. The list kind of goes on and on. Um, the cost of a home delivered meal, this is the all inclusive cost. When you think about everything from start to finish, it's about $9.61. And so that's a number that we talk a lot about because it's a great place to get started with a donation. Um, if you've never given to Meals on Wheels before, or you're thinking about you know, who your philanthropic priorities are, with us, it's easy. Um, you know, $9.61 sponsors one home delivered meal, a week of meals, a month of meals, even a year of meals, you know, you, you do the math. And that's what we really encourage people to do and the lens in which we encourage people to give under. Um, Obviously, with COVID-19, right, we weren't able to have the in-person fundraiser events that we typically have. Um, in March every year, we have a very special fundraising and public awareness campaign called March for Meals. That's where we partner with elected officials and corporate sponsors to go out and deliver meals together. So last year, for instance, in Portsmouth, we had a representative from Bank Newport join us with a state representative um, from Portsmouth and visit a couple that have lived in Portsmouth for a long time. And Meals on Wheels is helping them age in place and stay in their homes. It's a great way to share client stories and for us, too, to raise visibility around the importance of Meals on Wheels of Rhode Island. And then each year in November, we have another event. When we had it in 2019, Tyler, I wish you were there. It was a celebration. It was a total bash. It was our 50th anniversary. We had just served our 19th million home delivered meal and we got together and we celebrated. And on the way out the door, everybody was like, next year, let us know the date, the time. We'll be there. Well, as we are all aware in November of 
2020, we were barely celebrating holidays with our family, never mind getting together with 400 to 500 supporters of Meals on Meals. So for the last two years, our Festival of Meals has been a media-based fundraising campaign. Um, It's been fantastic. We have used it as an opportunity to meet new donors, to get new people to invest in our work, and also share the stories of our clients. So you might have seen a commercial that features Donna, Ethel, or Roland, three Meals on Wheels recipients that are really sharing how Meals on Wheels does their more than a meal model by also providing a safety check and an opportunity for socialization. As a leader, how do you go about building authentic relationships, uh, especially when you're asking for donations? You know, how important is that in your day-to-day? You know, I, I know, obviously, I go through it. I'm selling my services, but you're still trying to build really authentic relationships and trying to help. But it, it's got to be... It's got to be tough when you're, yeah, you're asking yeah, yeah. for money a lot. <laughs> no, and I appreciate the question. Um, so when I was part of the Greater Good um, Fellowship Program at Kellogg, we thought a lot about authentic leadership, right? And who are you as a leader and how do you bring your best self to the role? And so that was incredibly helpful to me because I kind of had my four main things that I was looking for in an organization. And right at the top of that list was a mission that I could connect with, right? So I personally, um, I don't have any pets. I'm actually not a huge pet person, which probably just brought my favorability down a lot in a lot of people's (laughs) books, but I wasn't raised with pets. I don't have a cat or a dog. So like, I am not the person that's going to go run an animal shelter or a pet welfare organization like the Roger Williams Park Zoo. That is not for me, but I'm a family person, right? Like I'm a Rhode Islander. I actually live down the street from my parents and grew up down the street from my grandparents. We have a close family network. um, And I really saw my dad struggle to try and help his parents stay at home. I mean, I think that every time I think of my grandparents my entire life, they were sitting at their kitchen table. Like, I'm not actually sure that they even enjoyed any other rooms in their house. Like, they were table people, and we knew if we walked into the house, they'd be sitting there at the kitchen table. And so when they got older, life got a lot harder for them. Um, And so my dad would go over every night, and my mom would cook dinner, and he'd bring it down. And then, you know, my parents retired, and so they were spending time back and forth in Florida. And so I think there was one year where my grandparents were down the street from my husband and I, and my parents were in Florida. So we were stepping in more. And long story short, ultimately, we made the difficult decision to move my grandparents out of their house and into an assisted living program. My grandmother did not want to leave the house. And every day, now that just for just for point of reference, the assisted living program was also in our town and down the street and around the corner from where we lived, right? So everything was still really close. But every time we visited my grandmother, I tried to do that a lot. She'd say, well, just so you know, I'm not staying here. Uh, This is short term. I'm going home. That's where I want to be. I think at one point she even suggested that like I go grab the car and then like, you know, we could just bring her home together. And it was heartbreaking and it was painful. Um, And, you know, we had to make decisions that were right for them and their health. So flash forward, when Meals on Wheels announced that they were looking for an executive director, I thought about like my parents' experience, my grandparents' experience, my experience, and like what that 
like meant for older adults statewide. And I thought I could really do this. Like I know exactly what Rhode Islanders are struggling with. I know what difficult decisions that families are trying to make. And so to be able to lead an organization that helps older adults stay in their home exactly where my grandparents wanted to be and to be able to use my talent and my experience, my education and my network of relationships to be able to do that, um, you know, it felt like a real slam dunk. So anyways, your question was about fundraising, right? And authenticity. And for me, like, it just makes sense. Um, Meals on Wheels is a fantastic program. It's evidence-based. The research has been done by Brown University School of Public Health. We help older adults stay in their homes. We help rebalance the state's Medicare and Medicaid spending. Uh, there are just, I mean, the list of things that we do, not only for our statewide older adult community, but for individuals, railroad islanders like me, who, you know, just want to be in their homes. Um, you know, it really makes a lot of sense. And so for me, it's easy to get more people yeah. involved in our organization, involved in our mission. Um, I mean, like I literally go to CVS and I'm talking with like someone I see in the aisle about. So it, it's just, it, it's, the, it's the right fit. And I think that people recognize that. Yeah. This next question is kind of leads to that or, or but when passion meets leadership, right? Do you have to attach yourself to the mission of a nonprofit in order to achieve it? And you can tell with yourself, you're, you're so passionate about the goal, the outcome, and driving results for this organization. I think it, it, you could tell your, your authentic self is, <laughs> this is what you want to do, and this is what you're passionate about. You know, I was talking with somebody on my team last Friday um, a little bit about our strategic direction as an organization, some of the new projects that we're working on, some of the ideas that we're sharing with different stakeholders. And I said, I am so excited about this. I, I guess I said, it's, it's so big to me. I can't even sleep at night. And she said, oh, Meg, you know, you really should sleep at night. And I said, no, no, this is like good. Like, I am so excited about like where we're going and how we're going to get there. Like, it literally keeps me awake, like thinking about different ideas. And I really think like if somebody listening is interested in nonprofit work and is interested in like an executive leadership position inside a nonprofit organization, um, you know, that's what it's all about. Like, you just really have to be excited about the work because you know the the need is great the demand is never ending um so if you can love what you do while you're doing it it's just such a different experience i guess the last piece would be you know what what do you wish you knew you know if you, you had a chance to tell yourself you know 10 years ago uh any any advice for yourself or somebody starting out yeah, I've, I've got a lot to say on this topic. <laughs> so the first is we had a departmental meeting. We've got a department at Meals on Wheels. We're going through a leadership change and we're kind of mixing things up and we're kind of all in it together, right? So I was saying to them, the team, look, the only way that I became the executive director at Meals on Wheels is prior to that, making like every mistake in the book, <laughs> because every time you make a mistake, you learn from it and you figure it out. And so like, you know, if it looks like, you know, the person like knows everything and they know how to do everything. It's probably because they made a lot of mistakes on, on the way up. No, but a lot of learning. Um, learning is so important in a career. Like when you are in that pressure moment, when you're learning, it's so difficult, right? But like through those challenging experiences, you grow and you learn and I think that the more that we can talk to people, you know, whether they're just starting their career at any age or maybe they're a new grad or a new hire, um, 
it just takes time, right? Like it's called a career path for a reason. It's because you're like walking this path and, and sometimes it's uphill and sometimes it's downhill. Sometimes the weather's not great, right? And that's what helps you learn and grow as a professional. I'll say that one of the things that I'm learning more about is we have five generations in our workforce at Meals on Wheels. Um, we have a team member that is over 80 years old. And then we have team members, um, you know, that are in their like early 20s. And so being able to accommodate, right, the needs and the interests and the expectations of, let me see, hold on, 80 and 20, you know, 60 <laughs> years of people is really interesting, right? Like older people have an expectation of how the workforce should be and how the chain of communication should be and how decisions are made and rolled out. And, you know, Gen Z has like a whole different expectation around that. So of our 25 paid employees that again, like run an experience continuum of 60 years, how do we make it a comfortable, exciting, motivating place for everyone to work knowing that everybody's got different expectations of me and of the workplace and of the culture. So that's where we are right now. Well, that's great. Anything that you want to talk about coming up um, where people can come out and support? I know you mentioned uh, uh, sound like a, a fairly big event in, in March. How can people that want to get involved in Meals on Wheels, how can they, how can they get involved? Well, thank you for this opportunity, not only to come on the show and, and talk a little bit more with you about you know, leadership and Meals on Wheels of Rhode Island, um, but to make this call to action. So we will serve our 20 millionth home delivered meal in March of 2022. That means 20 million home delivered meals right here in the ocean state. In March, we'll also be announcing our strategic plan um, and sort of what we see for the next 20 million meals and the direction of our organization. All of the information about how you can volunteer and how you can donate is on our website. That's www.rimeals.org. So rimeals.org is our website. But probably most importantly, if you know someone that's over 60, that's homebound and that needs help shopping, preparing, um, cooking food, you can make a referral to our home delivered meals program on that website in the upper right hand corner by clicking get meals. Um, and, you know, if anything you take away from today's conversation, the way that you refer someone um, for a program that can help them stay safe fed and safe at home is probably the most important piece of information. Well, that's a great takeaway. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I learned a lot today. And, uh, you know, please, next time there's an event, I, I, I don't want to miss that big, that big one in November next time. <laughs> I really appreciate your time and uh, all the insight you shared with us today. Thank you, Tyler. And thank you for the higher support um, and the opportunity to raise awareness about our important work. Thanks for listening. As always, if you have questions, feedback, or want to be a guest on the show, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at The Hire Goat, or reach out to me directly to schedule a time to speak. The Hire Podcast is produced and edited by Nathan Tower at Nonsensible Productions. I'm Tyler Wentworth. Until next time, I'm out. The Hire Podcast.